Hole Smash and Mr. JB Brooks. Are we gonna are we gonna get this thing figured out today? I think we are. This I is- hope so. Have y'all um did y'all hear that about that interview with Urban Meyer? He said he didn't know how to change settings in his phone. He didn't like basically know how to work technology. That's bullshit. How I, that's how I feel right now between the three of us. I feel like none of us can figure out how to record a podcast the first try. Yeah, something seems like always goes wrong. But the good thing is we we keep doing it until we get it right. That's right. And I'm just no, that person. And like, yeah, no one would ever know unless we started talking about it. Yeah. Hey, at least we're not paying for anything. Um, what, what's the what's the latest with you, JB? You feeling better? Yeah, I'm feeling better. I think it was just a combination of being out in the sun too long and not taking any sunscreen and not really staying hydrated really well. I just being, like, a, little... being a bitch. Yeah, hydration is key, JB. Yeah, it is. Like, I guess I'm just not really smart when I get out in the sun too long. I just don't ever think about trying to stay hydrated. Did you uh, drink a little too much on, on the Grove, JB? Have too much fun? Is that what it was? No, I actually, I actually didn't really drink. Uh, I had like, may, had like maybe like one or two beers, but uh, I wasn't really going too crazy. It's just, it was hot as hell out there. It was probably like lower 90s and heat indexes in the lower 100s. It was, you know, unseasonably hot for mid-September. JB, did you see over or under 100 girls in the Grove that you would like to be your wife? Over. Over 100 girls. Yeah, it's it's crazy. We don't we don't get them like that in Memphis. I like to say that we have hot girls in Memphis, <laughs> but you can't compete with a Grove and just any SEC school in general. Mississippi State has them too, Holt, but uh, Grove has them a lot. Um, Holt, before we started, uh, you said you wanted to get something off your chest. You want to talk about something for a second? Yeah, I do. Um Never done anything like this before, but uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to a friend of the podcast. Michael um, is a good friend of all of ours and I've been a supporter of SEC Slow Smoke since it got started. And uh, his dad passed away last week. And uh, we just want to say, Michael, we love you. We're thinking about you. And uh, thank you for uh, all your support and everything. And I uh, hope to see you soon. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Um, yeah, we miss you, Michael. We miss you, Lauren, and we're uh, definitely thinking about you guys. Just found out that they will not be on the Destiny trip, so I am kind of bummed out about that. So we'll have to uh, maybe <clears throat> plan for New Year's now. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. With that being said, there's a lot of football still to be played this year and this week. Um, we're getting more into conference play, um, but still some shitty, shitty non-SEC games this week, I think. Um, JB highlighted them before we started this, and he was telling me Wisconsin, Iowa, Stanford, Oregon, and TCU in Texas were playing this weekend. And don't know if that really, really excites me, but I mean, it is what it is. But I think that before the season started, the most exciting game, non conference game this week was the Florida Atlantic Central Florida game. But Florida Atlantic lost big to Oklahoma, which was kind of expected, but not, not expected. So. It's a Friday night game, so you get to watch the entire game. So I'm pretty excited about that. What about you, Holt? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know what? College football is college football, and I'll take whatever I can get. Debbie, are you – you're going to be working on Friday night, and you might be spending time with uh, one of your many special ladies on Friday night. We don't know yet. Um, it's still tu- it's still Tuesday, so we're not sure. But will you be watching Florida Atlantic Central Florida Friday night? Yeah, I plan to watch the uh, second half of it. I mean, I'll be working pretty late that day, but uh, I'll, I'll be watching the second half. Who would y'all be cheering for in that game? I'll be for Florida Atlantic. Just because yeah. you like Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin. And also, and also because I'm ready to see UCF lose so I can see their, you know, 1,000 fans, you know, go back into hiding. <laughs> did you know that you, you make fun of their 1,000 fans, but did you know Central Florida is one of the biggest schools in the U.S. by enrollment? Yes, yes. It's a huge commuter school. It's just like Houston. Uh, University of Houston. Yes. Most, okay, mainly cool. commuters. It's not a lot of residents. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I'm excited about that game. Uh, Wisconsin-Iowa. Um, 3-0 Iowa, but 2-1 Wisconsin. and lost to <clears throat> BYU on a miss field goal attempt. So, I didn't think Wisconsin was going to be that great, but they were a top-10 team. They were, like, top-5, I think, going into the year. Um, but I'm not. I haven't been too impressed with them so far. And Iowa hasn't looked too bad. I was one of those weird teams where they either go like 
nine. They either go ten and two, eleven and one, or eight and four. And I think this might be one of the ten and two or eleven and one years. What about you, Holt? Yeah, I think so too. I know uh, it's kind of one of JB's teams this year that uh, he's been talking about, maybe surprising some people, and I agree with him. Uh, their defense, I think, statistically is number one in the country right now. Um, you know, they haven't played a a great offense yet. They did play Iowa State uh, week two. Um, but just been really good on defense. And Kirk Ferentz is, you know, as boring as he may be to watch his teams play, he is a really good coach. And, uh, you know, that home field advantage is going to be huge for them this week. There's uh, there's something to be said about stability in a program. <clears throat> Even if you're not winning 10 or 11 games every year, there's something to be said about having – knowing who your coach is, knowing your style of play, and – knowing that you'll at least be have seven wins as a baseline. I think that's what Kirk Prince, uh who brings to the table. I think at one point, after that, like, um, whatever was that, 11-win team or whatever was 12-win team that lost to Stanford pretty bad in the Rose Bowl, I think that he signed, like, a 10-year contract, something crazy um, that just kept him there forever at Iowa. I guess he was happy and they were happy with him. Um, another big game this week, since we talk about Stanford, is that Stanford-Oregon game. Um Debbie, do you think Oregon is happy to have Willie Taggart out uh, now? Yeah, because I don't think uh, Willie Taggart is, you know, as as good as a lot of uh, people think he is. He's kind of just, you know, he he floats around too much. And he hasn't really gotten a chance to prove himself because he hasn't stayed in a program long enough to establish this culture. Yeah, it'll – I think think Stanford won that game, but um, Oregon – Oregon's – you know, top 25, they're a decent team. They're not bad at all. Then we have uh, TCU-Texas for the Battle of Texas. I don't know if you remember, Holt, but at <clears> one <throat> point in time, TCU was in Conference USA battling for – battling Southern Miss for the top top score, top team in Conference USA. And now they're here in the Big 12 battling Texas for being the best team in the Big 12. Can you believe that? Yeah, it really is crazy. Um, they are kind of like the uh... – the success story for a lot of, uh, you know, other non-group of five or non-power five teams. Um, they just had a lot of success. And luckily, I don't know, you know, how it happened or how they got into the Big 12, but the Big 12 had, you know, some openings and they were able to jump in. So really uh, happy for them. And Gary Patterson does an unbelievable job. Um, I mean, as far as like the talent that he coaches, um, you could put him up there you know, with anyone else in the country as far as being a good coach. And, uh, you know, they've really owned Texas the last three years. They've – I can't – I know the score last year was 24-7, to and I think that was, like, the closest game that they've had against Texas last year. They just kill them, like, every year. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can uh, keep that up. JB, this game's at Texas. Do you think we'll see the USC-Texas team play or the one that lost (laughs) in Maryland against TCU? I give Ben for the doubt and say it's going to be the uh, team that played USC. I think uh, even though I give you know, Tom Herman a lot of flack, uh, they have improved since that game. I think they're going to improve as the season goes on. I still don't think Tom Herman he's, you know, is that elite coach that everyone raves about. I just think he's more of an average coach and maybe a great motivator. And I, it'll be it'll be a pretty competitive game. I, I don't know. Who I'm, I'm not going to say who I'm going to pick, but it will be a competitive game. And just want to keep you all updated that Ermeyer has since spoken in the last week. He had an interview, I think, on ESPN with Tom Rinaldi, I think is the guy's name. I'm not sure. Yep, and Tom Rinaldi. Tom Rinaldi. I guess that was in Urban, Urban's house. And <laughs> every time he speaks, it just makes it worse and worse for him. And then he has to tweet out a huge public statement kind of – backing up what he said and defending himself even more. Hold, if you were advising Urban Meyer, would you just tell him to shut the hell up and don't don't talk and just coach football and that's it? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think there's not really anything left that he can say that's going to change anyone's mind. Um, I think he just – the one thing he can do is just coach and win some games and hope that it all blows over. I mean, I think that's really all he can do at this point. Jamie, what do you think is going to happen to the interim coach at Ohio State? Do you think – I think he, you know, he's won three games now. 
um, BTCU, do you think he has an opportunity to move on to another job after this year's over if he wants to? No, it's a small sample size. Uh, only only three games that he coached. And Granted, I mean, yeah, he, he did coach a good game against TCU. Uh, but let's face the facts. Uh, TCU kind of just, you know, crumbled in that game. Uh, it was – it was a good. It was a good effort though by TCU and and Ryan Day is, is an excellent coach. I don't know if he's going to get a head coaching position next year. Although these three games will definitely help his resume. But like I said, it's a small sample size. And uh, well, I, I will remind you that Luke Fickle got the Cincinnati job without coaching too. He coached a year at Ohio State, um, but uh, he got a job still, and it wasn't a great year either. So I mean, no, it, it wasn't. Happen. It can it can happen. If uh, Luke Fulton can and he's actually not doing bad at Cincinnati. Um, let's let's do this real quick because I'm just curious what y'all think. Um, there, there's a lot of coaching changes throughout this year, not not even at SEC, non SEC too, um, that people paid big bucks to to get over other over schools, other schools. I was just curious what y'all think was the worst coaching hires because we have a lot this year. We have Chip Kelly at UCLA, who hasn't won a game yet, lost to um, Cincinnati. I forgot who I think also Fresno State. They play Fresno State this week. They, they haven't won a game yet. You have um, Kevin Sumlin at Arizona, who just won his first game this past week, but lost to Houston and BYU. Uh, BYU, which BYU is not a bad team now. And then um, some other ones. Willie Taggart at Florida State wasn't one of their great hire either. He he hasn't won a game either. I don't think. No, uh, he beat Samford barely. Samford. 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 Yes. Samford. Yes. Samford. Okay. <laughs> and it, let me think about missing any any coaching hires. Um, I mean, you could all. mention you could mention Scott Frost. His team started off at one too, but I don't think we should be panicking on that. He will uh, win in Lincoln. Yeah. So uh, go ahead, JB. Rank the worst coaching hires. Uh, I, like people were people were saying, especially about Chip Kelly, that like. His, his success at Oregon now was a fluke, and he's not that great of a coach anymore because he did suck in the NFL now. Chip Kelly's system's been more more or less figured out now, you know, compared to how it was. Uh, his up-tempo system was, you know, kind of like the beginning of that type of system that was – it was really innovative at the time. But a lot of defensive coordinators are, have figured it out, and also uh, officials, you know, during the game were letting defenses make substitutions anytime offenses make substitutions. So it's it's letting defenses you know make adjustments through the game between snaps. So it's and these defensive coordinators you know have pretty much figured it out. I think Chip Kelly will win at UCLA, but it's he's not going to win at the same level that he won at Oregon. I mean, at Oregon he he hit, he hit it perfectly. I mean, he had the flashy uniforms, recruits were going there, and he was innovative. I think you don't know what you're talking about. I think he just doesn't have his players right now. Oh, you be the tiebreaker between us. I think he just doesn't have his players. JB thinks everybody's got Chip Kelly figured out. What is it? Um, I still believe in Chip Kelly as a, as a college coach. Um, it didn't really work out in the NFL. It's happened before. It happened with Nick Saban, you know, and some other coaches, you know, like Steve Spurrier as well. Like, just because, like, you know, you're not a great NFL coach doesn't mean you're not a great college coach. And we've seen plenty of college coaches get off to bad starts, um, you know, in their first few games as a head coach. You know, Nick Saban also did that. And, uh, you know, I mean, they bounce back. You know what I mean? He's going to recruit. He's going to – UCLA pretty much recruits itself. I mean, they there's so much talent in that area, and it's a great school and all that stuff. So, I think give him a year or two, and he'll be all right. As far as Willie Tiger goes, I'm a lot more concerned there just because I was never really a huge Willie Tiger fan to begin with. Um, I thought he had a few – he had one really good team at South Florida, and then he had a couple of decent teams at uh, Western Kentucky – but, I mean, to me, he hasn't really proven a lot. Like, he doesn't have that foundation like Chip Kelly does where I feel like I can believe in him a lot more. Um, you know, Willie Tiger, I'm a lot more concerned about. But uh, either way, I'm not I'm not panicking on Chip Kelly. No one's saying I'm panicking on Willie Tiger either, but I'm definitely a lot more concerned about Willie Tiger long term. And let me, just, let me just add to that. Uh, like, I'm not saying that Chip Kelly is not going to win. He's going to win. I just don't think he's going to take UCLA to national championship level. I think he's going to be more of a consistent 8-9 win type team at UCLA. I think he went 10 wins. Uh, they don't like Clay Helton anymore at USC, especially after that loss at, um, 
at uh, Texas last week. So it's interesting to see how that's going to play out. It's so it's so crazy how quick a coach goes from being like okay and pretty good to okay he's on the hot seat and now we're worried about him. Like Clay Helton, um, two years ago he was a really good coach when they beat Penn State in the Rose Bowl, and then um, last year wasn't a bad year at all except for also Ohio State. And this year now, like all of a sudden he's not a great coach anymore, and he's put down the hot seat. I've never been but, big on Clay Hilton to begin with, but yeah. Anyway, it is it is what it is. JB, would you run through a brick wall for Herm Edwards at Arizona State? No. <laughs> would you run through a brick wall for anybody? For Kate Upton, would you run through a brick wall? Hey, I'll show you my titties if you run through the brick it wall. It seems like you bring you brought a Kate Upton a few times, you know, in previous podcasts. Who who is your girl then, so we can make this fair? Alexandria Daddario. Who the fuck is that? I mean, she's an actress. She's been in a few movies. Uh, she was in that Baywatch movie uh, with uh, The Rock, and she was also in that uh, San Andreas movie with The Rock as well. Okay, uh, would she, you run through the call for her? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. okay, now I got you. JB, would you run? Just look you... her up on Just look her up on Google. I mean, she has the most dreamy eyes. Like, you can just stare into her. You know, it's, it's like the first time I've ever heard the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that before, JB. JB, would you... Would you run through a brick wall if five guys was on the other side of the brick wall? I've had five guys enough. To, I don't have to run through a brick wall for it. I mean, I guess it just depends on how hungry you are. Yeah. Okay, so um, you would not run through a brick wall for Herm Edwards, but are you a believer in Herm Edwards at Arizona State? I'm not saying he's going to fail, but I don't think he's going to be like, you know, he's not going to ever have them competing for a Pac-12 championship. But I yeah. think I think you can have him consistently going to a bowl or at least in bowl contention every year, which is pretty much what you expected Arizona State with maybe a few lightning in the bottle years where they might compete for the division. You know who is off the hot seat now, Holt, is Coach O. Hold that tiger. Hold that tiger. He came he came back into the Twitter sphere um, to let us let everybody know that he is holding that tiger now. Um, he had a huge win at Auburn. But so now he's technically off the hot seat. But is he really going to be off the hot seat by the end of the year? Hold, man, Alex. I mean, he already has two top ten wins in the first three games, and neither one of those two games was in Baton Rouge. Surely, surely, like all of us have to be believers in Ed Orgeron now, right, JB? Correct. Yeah, I'd have to agree. <laughs> <laughs> JV was not listening at all to what I just said. Yeah. I, was, I was biting, probably eating some ice cream, thinking about his hot, hot girl he's going to run through a wall. He's like, man, I really have to go run through a wall right now. That was a test, JV, to see if you were listening to me. I just convinced, more... you, I just convinced you to say that you thought Ed Orgeron was a good coach. <laughs> I'm just thinking about how I'm going to run through a brick wall to get to my girl Alexandra. Yeah. I'm about to look her up now since you were talking about her so much. I've probably seen her though. But uh, so. yeah, getting back to football, no, I like I. You have to be impressed with LSU and what they've what they've done so far this year. Um, but that being said, I, I just, you know, I, I just I'm still not sold. Like I, I just I haven't seen enough from the offense. I think their defense is great. Uh, Dave Aranda is outstanding, and their back seven is, you know, one of the best in the country. Especially you know their secondary. Devin White's one of the best linebackers in the country. I'm not, like, you know, totally in love with their defensive line. I think they're good, but not great. Um, but my main questions are on offense, the offensive line, and the quarterback, the running backs. I'm just not completely sold on what they're going to be going forward. And uh, they're not going to have Gus Malzahn coaching against them every week to make, like, some bonehead decisions to let him back in the game. They um they do have a tough schedule, but you need to you need to justify as a Mississippi State alum why you're putting Mississippi State ahead of LSU when Mississippi State's only beat Kansas State and LSU has beat Miami and Auburn now. How about how about you let me answer this for Holtz? Because I mean Holt, everyone's gonna think Holtz biased. Let me let me say this as an outsider. I'm not a fan of either school, so uh, let me just go ahead and put this out. LSU fans, Mississippi State is better. They have a better offensive line, a better defensive line. I would say they might even have a better head coach, but they're a more complete team. They have a more complete team. Yes, they do have a better quarterback. They're a more complete team. They beat you 37-7 to last year, and they had 
pretty much the majority of that team back. This year's team, Mississippi State, is better. I know LSU has a better resume so far, but every team that State has played, they have taken care of business. Yeah, and we will see State take care of business against Kentucky this weekend, too. And yes, yes, LSU fans, I'm not saying I don't dislike but Mississippi State is flat out better, and it will prove on the field later this season. <laughs> oh, I, no. I hate when you. Th- th- that was a triple that. negative right there, Alex. Did you catch that? <laughs> he said, "I'm not. I can't. I can't even do it now." Uh, I, yeah, I, I he said, "I'm like not saying I don't dislike your team." <laughs> <laughs> I really think about what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm not saying that I dislike your team, Ellis. How about that? Uh, but yeah, I. I wouldn't like. I wasn't gonna say it that aggressively as JB did, but yeah. I mean, yeah. We, when we do these power rankings, like I'm mostly just thinking, like, all right, like who do I think is the better team? And like, if we were going off resume, then yeah, like I would have LSU number one in the SEC. Exactly. But like, but we're not going off think, resume. Like, I mean, I don't think LSU's better than Alabama. Just Alabama hasn't played anybody either. Like, I mean, Ole Miss yeah, is good, but like they're not, you know, Auburn or Miami. Yeah. Exactly. Like, if the criteria was resume, then LSU would be number one in our power rankings. But it's not the resume. It's the eye test. It's about who we think is the better teams at the moment. Debbie, you're uh, – I don't know if you're trying to sound like Lee Corso or who right now. I'm trying to figure that out. It's No, Eric, no. I'm just, it's just some things I'm trying to get off my chest because some of these LSU fans that have been tweeting us thinking that we don't like their team or like, hey, we beat Miami. We beat Auburn. That means we should be ranked ahead of these teams. Uh, no, this is not about who you've beaten. This is about how we think your team is, how good we think your team is. Yeah, I mean, that is that is what power rankings are. It's it's like kind of the biases. It's not about your resume. And that's what we're trying to highlight. I'm not as passionate about the power rankings as JB is. I also don't think anybody's as passionate as the power rankings as JB is. You're re- really passionate about, like, where – where this is going. Well, Alex, uh, I think you uh, were actually trying to make an argument that LSU should be higher. Yeah, I do. Like, I do. Like, yes, I let's hear it. Well, because I, I, I think resume and I think what, what will happen, I think Mississippi State probably is a better team than LSU, uh, especially because they're offense. But I think Mississippi State going to LSU is going to be tough for Mississippi State to win uh, just because it's a tough place to win in general. So I think that's – going to be a loss for Mississippi State just because it's tough. It's a tough place to play, and I just think um, even though Mississippi State's a better team, I think their defense, the defense is going to neutralize their offense, and then I think somehow Joe Burrow is going to score a touchdown, throw a touchdown pass or something. I don't know. We'll see. Alex, I appreciate your opinion, and you're dead. <laughs> hey, you said, uh, you said Missouri you said Missouri is going to beat Memphis, so you can go suck a dick, too. <laughs> Dude, I, if he actually – like this is not have anything to do with LSU, but like Missouri's out of conference schedule. Like even though they don't play anyone like great, like it's actually like pretty challenging. I mean, like Wyoming like is not great, but they're decent. You know what I mean? They just had a first round pick quarterback, and then uh, they go to Purdue, who's like a pretty salty team, and then their group of five team they play is freaking Memphis at home. It was like one of the you know probably going to be in the top twenty five by then. Don't you think? <laughs> Or no, they they did lose the game. They lost the Navy, but they should they should be if they beat Central Florida and um, even if they lose to Missouri, I mean they could they could maybe lose two and still be a top twenty five. But I think it's really they can only lose one more game by the end of the year and be a top twenty five. But they're a good team, no doubt. But nobody's going to give them respect when they go to Missouri and Missouri beats them. Um, other things going around the country um, besides LSU sucking. So I guess we should move LSU behind Arkansas. Is what you're saying, Holt? I had LSU fourth in my power rankings. Shout out to Arkansas fans though. Like y'all know y'all suck, but y'all are having some fun. With yeah, it. they wore they wore it. They really did. With that. I appreciate that because like it must it must suck to suck, but like you're not you're proving it doesn't suck to suck. So yeah, I mean at least the Arkansas fans have a sense yeah. of humor. Like they're not just the worst team in the conference. They are by far the worst team in the conference. It's not even close. <laughs> yeah, like I mean they are this year's Vanderbilt. Also, this week we had a very, very, very important, long thought out QB power rankings. And I think this is one year where there is a lot of depth in the SEC for quarterbacks. So I'm saying there's a lot of good quarterbacks. I think the top six or seven are pretty good quarterbacks. Now, where you get into fighting is who's the best quarterback. Some people will say Tua, like JB. Some people will say like Holt or Drew Locke, like Holt. And then some people might even throw Jake Fromm in there. 
some other some people might say Nick Fitzgerald because we have like a bajillion people from Mississippi State that like that follow us. So it's a um, it's a good question to ask ourselves. And I'll let uh, Holton JB duke it out. Why you think Tua or Drew Lock should be the best quarterback in the SEC? JB. Well, see, I'm going to go ahead and say to all our fans out there that have been tweeting us about the QB power rankings, I was the one of us three that God picked Tua. I am the one that picked Tua first. Now, Holt picked, Holt picked Drew Locke first, and <laughs> Alex, being the tiebreaker, picked Drew Locke first. I am a big fan of Tua. I think he is the best quarterback Nick Saban has ever had in his entire career. I think Tua is going to be a first-round pick after next season. The way the things he does on the field, the way he commands his team, the precision with his passes, the trajectory that he throws the ball with, it's <laughs> what the fuck was that? Um, I don't know, but one thing, <laughs> one thing I'll say, JV, is JV, what do you do? You really, you really need to stop worrying about what other people think about you and stop sucking the fans' dick. No, it's not that. It's not even about that. I'm you just are, saying, but I think, I think. Well, hey, I mean, I can call up the fans. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. I mean, fans want to call us out. We can call them right back. You know? No, no you're just you're just saying that. Hey, don't hate me. I'm the one who's a good guy. I picked. I picked well, not just that, but I, like I actually am a big Tua fan. I mean, I just saw him live in person this past Saturday, and he absolutely sold me. Like he's the things he does. Like it's it's not even just about his, you know, his arm strength and his you know his accuracy. He can also move around in the pocket and create plays with his legs. Granted, he's not the same athlete as Jalen Hurts, but the guy can do it all, and he's and he's such a good leader and makes great decisions. I mean, it's he's definitely uh, for real. I mean, I, I guess you can give the nod to Drew Locke just because he's a senior and he's probably going to be a first-round pick, but Tua is a one-in-a-kind talent. Oh, destroy right now. Go. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I had Tua number two, and I think that's perfectly fair. Um, I've liked Tua a lot. He's been as good as he – he literally could not have been any better um, the first few games of the season. And obviously, you know, we all remember the second half of the national championship game last year. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could definitely make that argument. It's just I've been on Drew Locke this entire time. Ever since the off season, I've been talking about Drew Locke. And just because he hasn't had, like, that big stage yet um, to, to show out doesn't mean that I don't still think he's the best quarterback in the conference. And not only that, but he's – you're talking about – three games experience versus three years experience at quarterback improving what he can do and doing it against the best defenses in the country. Um, I just, I believe in Drew Locke a little bit more right now just because of what all he's proven. And I think he deserves that number one spot, at least for the time being. Are you even more balls deep on Drew Locke than you were to start the year? Um, that's kind of hard to say. Um, I don't know if, if, I don't know if it would be possible physically. Um, but I am very much uh, a fan of Drew Locke as a quarterback. Yeah. Well, me too. I think he's going to be a first round draft pick. I like him more than to, uh, but another question I'll ask you all before we get into that preview in the league. Is, did y'all see the 2019 SEC schedule? A lot of people got to get hyped up for the 2019 schedule or the next year's schedule when the current year is not even over. I'm not one of those people. I'm like, hey, I don't even know who's playing in week five or week six. So can't really look that far ahead and see who's going to be good next year and who we have. So um, that's not something that excites me. Is there anything that y'all want to talk about from the schedule next year that excites you besides the uh, – SEC slow smoke fall with Mississippi State going to Tennessee. I haven't even really looked at the SEC yeah. yet. I was just going to point out, and I said this earlier. I like that they're bringing back the uh, two bye week things. Um, I just I like that because it's one more Saturday of college football, and it allows teams to kind of you know fill out their schedule a little bit differently. And you know you have t- the two bye weeks instead of just one. So uh, that's something kind of exciting. Uh, I think I mean maybe not exciting, but just just interesting. Um, and also like looking at all the out of conference matchups. I think LSU goes to Texas next year, which I didn't realize. So that should be really exciting. Florida renews their rivalry with Miami. Um, 
And uh, who does Tennessee play out of conference next year, JB? Uh, they play BYU out of conference. That's their uh, biggest non-conference game next year. Okay, well, watch out for them. Cause yeah. Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin will tell you Don't about that. Don't miss no field goals, JB. Uh, Tennessee's notorious for missing field goals. I feel like every school I see thinks their kicker yeah. sucks, so that's the problem. Unless you're, unless it's, unless <laughs> that's, you're Auburn. That's like a college football thing. Unless you're Auburn. Did y'all see? Well, even Auburn's guy missed a field goal. Yeah, the they other did, day. but I'm saying in history has shown that Auburn's always had a pretty good kicker. Did, did y'all see the Auburn kicker from last year, Daniel Carlson, got released from the Browns yeah. because he missed like four field goals? The the it was the, the Vikings. Vikings. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's hard. It's hard in the NFL if you miss if you miss a few field goals in one game in the NFL, those teams cut you. Yeah. yeah. Um, that being said, I'd still rather be a kicker than any other position because, like, you get paid just to kick. Like, what's his name? Janikowski the other night hit a fifty-five yard field goal, and he's he's like seventy-five years old and like smokes on the sidelines, dips, probably eats nachos during the game. He has a good life and he gets paid. And he doesn't have to rock the team. Uh, that's what kind of life I want to live. But instead, instead we preview SEC football here. <laughs> that's the life we um, All right, so we're about to get into the uh, SEC schedule for this week four here. Before we do that, I would like to ask you, anything good that either of you have eaten this past week that we should talk about for a split second? No? Um, I went to – JB, what's the name of this place? Uh, he went to uh, Yeah, I'm apparently it's a chain. I'd never been to it before, but if you haven't been, I recommend going every now and then just because they got like some very unique uh, meat styles you can't get everywhere. Um, I've gotten like bison and Kobe beef and stuff like that from there. And uh, yesterday I had elk for the first time. I never had elk before, and it was really good. Um, I'm. I had an Uber driver uh, a couple months ago tell me how awesome elk was, and I've been wanting to try it ever since. So I was finally able. Did to you do go that. to the? Um, they have like a condiments and like cheese sauce line you can go up to and just pour cheese sauce on your burger or your fries. Did you do that? Yeah. No, hold no, JB, not you. Hold. I'm saying I know, no. That's I was actually just saying that's that's awesome about how they do that. Yeah. Did you do that? Yeah. Not not this time. I did. The last time I went, I went with JB, and uh, he showed me that. But this past time, I did not. I should. JB, you actually had some bison burger, right? Oh man, I always just say anytime I go somewhere that has a bison burger, I'm always gonna definitely get it. Right. Like but bison you, is just awesome. It's always a solid choice. But you, you sent us that picture of the day from that slow, those sliders. Uh, those sliders I had. Uh, it's a specialty burger place. Uh, they have some. They don't really have specialty meats. They just have different varieties of meat. Uh, of, the, of the same kind of meat. Uh, the kind of burgers I had, like I had some sliders. One of them was a dry-aged burger. That was a dry-aged beef for 20, uh, over 28 days. Another one I had was a lamb burger, which is made out of lamb. And the third one... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that, dude. I know, I know. <laughs> Just beating around, beating a dead horse. And then the third one... <laughs> And then the third one was a uh, Kobe burger. Uh, the best Kobe. burger, yep. The best burger to me was the lamb. Uh, second favorite was dry aged, and third favorite of the trio was the uh, Kobe. What was the restaurant? Wow, usually Kobe's like the best. What was the you would think so? But I, I, I was really impressed with the lamb burger. It was, it was pretty good. JB, what was the restaurant? It's called Burger Rim. I think it's a chain, just like Fuddruckers. Bur- burger Inn. Burger Rim. Rim. And it's in Memphis? It's in Memphis. Okay. you have to show me around next time. Um, I have not eaten anything exciting lately. Um, oh, I, well, I think I told you about Das, Bar- das Barbecue. That was last time. Um, oh, you're actually um, coming here this Friday. So I'm kind of excited to show you around Atlanta because I feel like I have more uh, food options here. And I don't think you're coming, JB. But you could come, JB, if you wanted to. I don't think you're going to. When is but... it happening? When is this happening? Friday. Oh, no, I'm not. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're not for a second. You're like, oh, I can't miss out. And then like, oh, sorry, I can't. <laughs> Never mind. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to show you around different food places here. Um, we'll, of course, watch football day Saturday like you and JB did. It's, it's my weekend, JB. Your, your weekend was a couple weekends ago or last weekend, so it's my weekend. My turn. 
So, with that being said, let's get into week four SEC football. Let's just get right into the good games. Um, um, there's Texas A&M, Alabama, which that's probably the best game. That's the CBS game. But let's start off with the uh, the early game, which is the noon game on ESPN. Georgia, number two Georgia, at 3-0 and Missouri. The line is 14. Holt, do you have enough balls to pick Missouri over Georgia on ESPN at noon Saturday? You know, Alex, um, when I was a kid, <laughs> I was uh, going. Around, around maybe kindergarten, first grade, the first thing that I wanted to be when I grew up was an engineer. Did you know that? No. I, how'd you even know that? Me, me and you have been friends for for a long time, so I thought maybe you would well, remember I, that. Oh, so you, but when oh, I was really little, so you want to be an engineer? Like when I was really little, oh. I said, "This is going somewhere, JB." But if you want to, re- I was going to say, like you're going to you're going to want to run trains for a living. That's really cute. All right. Well, you were really close. I'm, well, I was going to say as I was as I was going to drive the train. I wanted to drive drive trains when I grew up. That's what I wanted to be. I just thought it was a really cool job. I don't know how they got into my head and what happened, but for some reason, that's what I wanted to do. And and that dream is is coming to reality because I'm now driving the Drew Lock high train, as I mentioned last week. And some other ESPN people, some other people on Twitter have tried to act like they're the ones driving the train. You know, Mr. Okay, Jordan, Jordan Rogers, Rogers is trying to who, try to your man. I don't. I don't know. Like he tries to talk about Drew Lock being a great quarterback, but what does what does Jordan Rogers know about being a great quarterback? Yeah, I mean, obviously not as much as you. you you're a really good. Literally, quarterback. literally nothing. Really Jordan Rogers knows literally nothing about being a great quarterback. All right. I'm driving this train, and I'm saying that the Missouri Tigers are going to do it this weekend. They're going to beat the Georgia Bulldogs, 11 a.m. in Columbia. It's going to be crazy. Drew Lott for Heisman. Let's go. Yeah. Holt, or Holt, uh, Holt <laughs> slash JB. Do you remember when JB picked South Carolina to beat Georgia and how well that turned out? And that game was – Yeah, well, I don't know if you know this or not, but I picked Georgia to win that game. Now, I guess so. you're always right. You're always right. So, Missouri's going to get the, the upset. Is this even going to be an upset or, like, would it be an upset if Georgia beat Missouri at this point, Holt? Uh, in my eyes, it would not be an upset. I think they're a 14-point underdog, correct, according to correct, Vegas. Correct, so. Good research, good research. So what's your what's your um, your support for your claim here that Missouri's going to beat Georgia? Are you saying it's an early game? It's a sleeper game, surprisingly? Yeah, I think it's early game. It's a sleeper game. And I don't know. Obviously, it's going to be on the road for Georgia. Um Missouri has had a little bit of success against Georgia the last couple of years. They almost beat them the last time Georgia came to Kentucky. It was a really close game. Jacob Eason threw a touchdown pass with like 10 seconds left or something. Um, last year, Drew Locke really came out and uh, was throwing the ball around well. And um, Missouri's defense kind of let him down in the second half. But I think Missouri's defense, while they're not great this year, I do think that they've taken some steps forward. And I think they're going to be just good enough. And – Georgia's going to be overlooking this game just enough for Drew Locke to come out and have a huge game and uh, show the world why he's the best quarterback in the country. And you're you're not high on Georgia's defense, correct? Even though that to me that doesn't sound right. Uh, relatively speaking, um, I think Georgia has one of the best defenses in the conference, like maybe top five defense in the conference, but not as good as they kind of get credit for or they were last year. Okay. Jeb, you care to comment for a split second, or do you mean save you save your voice for another game? Uh, I mean, the way I'll, the only thing I'll say for now is that I know uh, Georgia's fourteen point favorites. I like Missouri to cover, but I'm not going to tell you who's going to win. But I, I think Georgia's de- defense. I have to give them some credit. I mean, they're young, and I know they haven't really gotten you know play anyone great yet. We're going to see how good they are against this Missouri offense because that South Carolina offense was just is just sputtering. It's just it's just not as good as what we had hoped it to be. They will get their first test at eleven AM and the biggest matchup is gonna be that young uh Georgia secondary. Or not not too young, but it's a talented one. DeAndre Baker's abs- is one of the best cornerbacks in the country. But the biggest thing is gonna be is that Georgia offensive line. 
is are they going to be able to get any pressure on Drew Locke? Because if they let Drew Locke get some time back there, it could be interesting. Yeah, that was very uninspiring discussion and pick, JB, because you didn't pick. There's no pick. I guess you're saving the pick for later. Is that what you're doing? Because I don't make my pick until the end of the episode when we make our picks. Okay, I got you. Okay. He's got he's got to get his headgear ready. Yeah, on. Yeah. Well, also because I mean you got to build some suspense. You don't make your picks when you're analyzing it in the middle of the episode. You got to make your picks at the end. Well, some people do. Some people I mean, do. I, I'm waiting to make my pick at the end. Hey, he's saying you stuck. You stuck. Kirk Kirk Street makes his <laughs> makes his pick sometimes like early in the show. Hey, y'all think y'all think Kirk's the best, or do you think it's like a little overrated? I don't really. Yeah care about him one way or the other honestly like i don't he doesn't annoy me like enough to where i'll complain about him um but at the same time it's not like i think he's great or anything all right let's go ahead and get to the biggest game of the week for sec and maybe the biggest game of the entire week non-conference in the whole country with texas a&m at alabama 22 ranked texas a&m a new look texas a&m with jimbo fisher going to Bryant didn't take on Alabama. Alabama is a 26-and-a-half-point favorite, which to me seems high, but Holt, I think you might be the great philosopher that once said, do, ne- do not ever or don't ever pick against Alabama no matter what. Does that hold true for this week? Yeah, I mean, I just – like, I mean, like, this line is stupid. Like, there's no way that Alabama should be favored to win this game by basically four touchdowns. But at the same time, like, I mean, would you be surprised at all if Alabama won this game, like, you know, 45 to 6? No, I definitely wouldn't be surprised, but like, it is. I mean, I, I I really wouldn't be. Like, I just, like, I think Texas A&M is a better team than that. If I had to pick, I mean, yeah, I would probably pick Texas A&M to cover, but, like, I wouldn't, like, bet money on it because it seems like, like just like I always say, there's always these crazy lines on Alabama, but they they seem like they still cover them. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. It's ridiculous. J- JB, what was uh, – you're going to have to remind me. What did Jimbo Fisher say he would do if Texas A&M – Go vegan. Be, well, that's JB. Well, for I a year. JB. Thank you, JB. But, yeah. So, hey, man. You just, call, you just call Holt JB. No, no. I was asking I was asking JB. I was asking you, JB. I'm trying to get you involved, see if you remembered. Uh, but apparently Jimbo's going to go vegan, which I don't know, like, why that is a – like incentive for them to win. Like, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me at all. Um, I mean, I guess that would be incentive for the players because going vegan would be absolute torture. And you could never get me to go vegan for a year. And no, I would not sacrifice a victory to go vegan for a year. I couldn't go vegan for yeah, a year. Yeah, whenever you move out of your mom's house and you uh, go grocery shopping, you don't realize how much chicken and beef you eat uh, in a week or in a day. Until you go grocery shopping and like everything you buy is meat related, um, at least yeah. for me. Um, but yeah, I think this I think this line's a little too high. Hold, I know you said don't don't ever bet against Alabama, but this this seems a little too high. So I'm not gonna bet my actual money on it, but my fake money, my monopoly money, I'm gonna bet on Texas A&M for this. <laughs> uh, and I'm looking at the. <laughs> this doesn't make sense to me. They said there are 1,300 tickets. At, right now as low as nine dollars a ticket for this game which doesn't make sense to me because it should be a good ticket but i guess um Alabama fans don't care anymore because they're like oh we're gonna win we're gonna win it leave at halftime anyway um jb tell me about tua in this game how he's gonna go off against texas a&m i think Tua is just the way the way he commands his team on the field like he doesn't even have to go off for his team to win i mean this is the offense that he has is just extremely balanced. I mean, you got an offensive line that's going to control the line of scrimmage. You got awesome running backs with Damian and Najee Harris. Uh, you got, you know, talented receivers that are going to be able to get open. I mean, it doesn't really matter what this Alabama offense does. You can try to shut down the run. Two is going to be able to throw the ball. You can try to, like, drop guys back and make Alabama run. I mean, no matter what you do, this Alabama offense is always going to be one step ahead. This is the most balanced attack that that uh, Nick Saban's ever had, and I don't know if you can really stop this offense. JB, who who's Alabama's best receiver? Is it Judy or Ruggs? I'm gonna have to go with Judy. Holt, because I like Ruggs a lot. No, nobody gives Ruggs as much credit as I think he should get. Yeah, I mean it's tough. They're both really talented, but I think Judy's been a little well, bit more productive. One thing I want to see in this game is we talk about Tua and Alabama's offense in general, but we still haven't seen a really a breakout game from Alabama's running backs with Damian Harris and Najee Harris. I really 
specifically want to see Najee Harris go off in this game for like 150 yards and two or three touchdowns because I think I think he's capable. I think Damian Harris is also, but I think Najee Harris was like their number one running back coming out two years ago um, of high school, and I think I think he has a lot of talent. So I'm, I really want to see him prove me right because I thought he was going to be the SEC breakthrough player of the year, but he's getting outshined by Tua. So I'm really excited to see him go off. I think I want to see um, for this game is I also want to see for Texas A&M. I want to see Travion Williams um, do pretty well. Um, he, he did well start the year against some crappy teams and then kind of slow down a little bit. But he has a lot of the talent. Also, I think Jimbo knows how to use him more than um, Kevin Sumlin did, does or did. Um, and then another thing I want to see is Kelman continue um, his upswing or his um, uptick in productivity. Um, whenever he showed out for the second half of Clemson. I think Alabama's defense is very similar to Clemson's. Um, people like Clemson's defense better than Alabama, but Alabama has better stats right as of right now. But um, I think Kellen Mond has a lot of potential as a quarterback, and it'd be great to see him um, continue to grow as a quarterback. This would be a great, great day for him to show and prove that he belongs in the top half of the SEC quarterbacks. And he had a good game against Alabama last year. Yeah. Um, and he, I don't know, you could say he's like kind of a, I don't think he's a true dual threat. Like he's not going to run as much as I would like to see him run because I like running quarterbacks. But um, dual threat quarterbacks always give Alabama trouble. That's what these people say. So um, he could be in that category to give him a little bit more trouble. Um, the other big games this week, man, there's actually a lot of good games. I'm going through it. Um, we'll go with South Carolina at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt had a strong showing against Notre Dame last week. Um and they covered, so uh, we lost that pick last weekend. South Carolina didn't look super good against Georgia. They didn't look like they were ready to compete in the top top half of the SEC yet for SEC East Championships. Um, so this one's kind of a sneaky good game. It's on the SEC Network, um, but I'm, I'm kind of excited about this one. I think Vanderbilt's defense is going to show out, um, and I like Vanderbilt in this game a lot. So um, I'll let JB talk about this game because I think this is one he has circled that he wants to talk about for seven hours. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it for seven hours. Uh, we'll just leave this to about 60 seconds. But I, I'm, I'm excited for this one. Uh, this is uh, two stingy defenses. Uh, and also, uh, Derek Mason is always good to win at least one game a year that no one's expecting. And this is one of those games that uh, is a possibility for him. And this uh, South Carolina team, they're reeling after that loss to Georgia. That offense did not look that good. I need to see more out of the South Carolina team against Vanderbilt. I need to see some pride and some passion. And I, I need to see them come out on the field and absolutely blow this Vanderbilt team out. And I just don't know if they're actually going to be able to do that. I mean, they're only a two-point favorite. And this, if this South Carolina offense can't get things going, they're going to be sitting back where they were last year. They're not going to be able to take that step forward. And that's the difference between South Carolina and all these other – and the other good teams in the, in the, in the SEC that are ahead of them like Georgia and Alabama and Auburn or even Mississippi State. JB, is there anyone more exciting to watch get get hyped up on the sideline than Derek Mason? I don't think so. I mean, Derek Mason uh, really is just, you know, a character on the sidelines. Yeah, he's very, right? very he, animated. He's animated. He's very much a player's coach. Players love playing for him. And I want Derek Mason to succeed and. This is a this is a good opportunity for Derek Mason to get another signature win at his, in his time at Vanderbilt. Yeah, I kind of I kind of root for Vanderbilt. I mean, I mean, let's face it, JB, they're the best team in the state right now, besides Memphis. <laughs> and <laughs> Memphis, yeah. So Vanderbilt, um, well, we'll talk about the Vanderbilt Tennessee game later on in the year. Um, Vanderbilt should not be taking control of the state um, over Tennessee, but uh, right now it's it's up, up for grabs. It's up for grabs until Tennessee gets rolling again, hopefully soon. Um, on to Holt's wheelhouse, Mississippi State, 3-0, number 14 in the country, taking on 3-0 Kentucky in Lexington, 7 p.m. Eastern, ESPN2, at the grocery store, Kroger Field. Oh, you can't walk into a grocery store and just come out with a win. So, No, you can't. Did you know that your boy um, – Thompson still has more passing yards than Fitzgerald. It's not surprising. He threw for like almost 400 yards. Yeah. Holt. What's up? 
I think we lost JB? JB for a second. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to continue this um, without him, or we can try to add him later. I think we should just try to index since we're so close now. Hope. Yeah, um, or we could just like start a new podcast yeah, let's, and let's, like starting right. Nah. We're back. Right. We're back. <laughs> and we had to pick up where we left off, but otherwise it's gonna be a weird little. Uh, disconnect so hopefully that wasn't too weird but uh it's a loopy back in jb holds about to tell us about how much mississippi state's gonna kill kentucky this weekend even though kentucky is three and oh hold still think hold still thinks that state's gonna probably destroy kentucky so i'll let you take that one over jb i mean hold <laughs> yeah I, this is a game that uh you know is a little bit under the radar i don't think people were expecting this to be kind of a a game that people are going to be looking at. Uh, still a little bit under the radar, but, um, you know, both teams are 3-0. Uh, have some excitement. I know Kentucky fans are really excited about Terry Wilson and the job he's been able to do so far. Just the athleticism and arm strength that he showed. And Benny Snell has been dominant as a running back. Um, and defensively, they played pretty well also. So uh, this should be a good matchup. They got Mississippi State coming in, who's, I think, number 14 in the country right now. And uh, a team that they really struggled with last year, I think State won 45-7 to a season ago. They were really had trouble stopping. They showed from running the ball on them. Um, Mississippi State kind of just did whatever they wanted on both sides of the ball in this game a season ago. And um, I think this, this should be a pretty close game. You know, as you said, you don't just walk into a grocery store and come out with a win, so – I think it's going to be a close, hard-fought game. I think Kentucky covers a 10-point spread, but I think uh, I think State is probably going to end up getting the win. Do you think they'll start pulling away in the fourth quarter, or do you think it'll be sooner? Probably like probably like around like the start. Of, I think it's going to go into the fourth quarter as like you know a close game. Kentucky maybe even have the lead, but I think Mississippi State's going to be able to put it away with uh, Nick Fitzgerald's running ability in the fourth quarter. Yeah, one thing I'm excited to see in this game is. Terry Wilson and Benny Snell trying to do their thing against Mississippi State's defensive line because um, Terry Wilson's very athletic. He, he can scramble. He can run the ball. And that kind of doesn't play well with Mississippi State's defense. Or what I'm saying is Mississippi State's defensive line can probably contain him a lot better than Florida could or some other teams that they've played in the past. And Benny Snell um, might have a little trouble against Mississippi State's defensive line. So it's just too – Two strong suits going head to head. Really excited about. The thing I'm excited about, or where I guess the advantage, of what you were saying earlier, is that um, while that's probably a good matchup head to head, the Kentucky offense versus Mississippi State defensive line, uh, the bad matchup is Mississippi State's offense and Nick Fitzgerald's especially running ability versus Kentucky's deep. Kentucky's seen a team um, like Mississippi State's offense right now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Florida has some talent. At receiver and maybe running back, but their offensive line is not put together like Mississippi State's. And uh, Nick Fitzgerald knows a lot more about what he's doing than Felipe Franks does. And plus, you got two pretty talented running backs in Mississippi State as well. I um, I pay special attention to offense uh, team ranks uh, because Memphis is usually up there. I'm curious to see how how far they're up there. But I was looking at it. Mississippi State is pretty high on offensive ranks for pretty much all categories. You look at offensive, uh, you look at passing yards and running yards. They're pretty good, especially with Nick Fitzgerald running. Um, so we kind of knew that going into the year that this is going to be a good team coming back uh, from last year. And then you have Joe Moorhead, which is kind of like an offensive guru. That's what he's known for um, getting to Mississippi State and using what he knows with good players. So I don't think it's a surprise, but – um, it's good to see that Mississippi State's really good on offense, and uh, for this for that same uh, on the same topic, they're really good on defense too. They're really good on defensive categories for the year. There's only three games that haven't really played anybody great yet, but still um, good to see for Mississippi State. And that's um, I'll give you more uh, credit for ranking them ahead of LSU to start the year. <laughs> so let's go on to from Holt's wheelhouse to JB's wheelhouse with. The big rivalry, Florida at Tennessee. Now, Tennessee won, was it 2015, I think? And But since then, like before that, they haven't won in like, what, 20 years, something crazy like that? And they haven't won after that either. So 
Um, JB, you like to call this what? The battle of the two shitty teams? JB? Oh. JB, what are you doing? Uh, Alex's audio keeps uh, going in and out on me. Like, I'm not even really able to comprehend what he's saying. <laughs> he wants you to talk about the Florida-Tennessee game. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> uh, where do I start with this one? Um, like, I, I remember uh, I was listening to uh, some, to uh, Greg McElroy and Marcus Spears at Network talk about this game. And uh, this game – about 15, 20 years ago, used to be the game in the SEC every year. This was the Alabama LSU game every year. That was the winner of this game would always be the also front runner for the national championship. Uh, this game has pretty much become irrelevant. Uh, this the winner of this game. Uh, the only implications for the winner of this game is that the winner will probably have the edge of making a bowl, and the loser will probably be on the outside looking in and probably staying home for the holidays. So that's about the only thing that's relevant about this game now is who's going to be staying home for the holidays. But the biggest matchup I'm looking at in this game is going to be the Florida defensive line against the Tennessee offensive line. It's pretty much uh, one weak link versus another weak link. And I can't really tell you uh, They're both really, really bad. But I, I can imagine Ty Grantham is going to be blitzing like hell against this Tennessee offense. And he's going to force Tyson Helton and Jarek Antonio to complete a lot of short passes in order to move this ball. And other is that neither of these offenses, I think, are going to be able to sustain long drives. So really, this game is going to come down between who can make the big play on offense and who can take care of the football and limit turnovers. And pretty much just like who's going to make the least amount of mistakes and who's going to suck less. <laughs> Yeah, basically, like, whoever can find, like, a unique way to score a touchdown, maybe have the edge in this game, like, whether it be defense or special teams or just a trick play or whatever. Let me let me do a quick mic check. Otherwise, hold your guys to be my translator, JB, for the remaining part of the show. JB, can you hear me? Yes, I got you now. Okay. I think, JB, you were just, like, having a JB moment, probably not paying attention. No, I wasn't having a JB moment there. <laughs> I, was... Man, I can't hear you. <laughs> you, kept, you kept going in and out on me, like – sound like a robot like you know going in and out um jb would you still want to go to this florida tennessee game even though it's two shitty teams oh yeah i would still go i mean it's still gonna be an excellent atmosphere in knoxville saturday night it's just uh the game is gonna be i mean let's just face it the game's gonna be really shitty and it's gonna be low scoring and it's gonna be just kind of like last year's game it's going to be who makes the least amount of mistakes yeah. and who's less shittier. And they who's less shittier. shittier. We could put that in the in the bio yeah, for this. That, that's what I was trying to figure out. That's what I was trying to figure out what we were about to say for this uh, podcast. I think we just found it. Um, yeah, that's what's funny is people like to hype up that Florida Tennessee game last year as being one of the best games of the year. But it really was just that, that play at the end. But it was two bad teams playing and just wasn't entertaining to me. It was just – it happened to be a good finish with that Hail Mary, but, man, it was it was a bad game all around that um, Other games, which we're getting down to the last two or three here, we have Arkansas going to Auburn. Auburn is going to be pretty pissed off because they lost to LSU and gave that game away, and Arkansas um, looks like they couldn't beat a FCS team at the moment, so this one could get ugly fast. Um, hold, the line is at 30. Do you think Auburn is going to win by 60? Uh, I would actually take Auburn to cover that. I think they're pissed off, and I think they're about to. Gus Malzahn has always had kind of a weird relationship with Arkansas, um, and it seems like they've beaten them pretty bad. Uh, they beat them really bad the last time they went down to Auburn. So uh, I just, yeah, I think Auburn's going to win this game pretty big. Arkansas is kind of spinning its wheels right now, and just trying to figure out what's going on. I At the beginning of the year, I talked about Jared Sinem being the best quarterback in the SEC, and he hasn't really shown it showed it yet, and um, I'm just really looking forward to him going crazy and having a three- or 400-yard game with four or five touchdowns, no interceptions against a non-shitty team, which Arkansas is a shitty team, so you can't really even say it here, but I want to get him back in the groove of things so he can start looking good and prove me right again 
kind of like Najee Harris. So I think that's part right. of uh, I think part of Stidham's problem too. I mean, he has struggled definitely, but he's faced two really good defenses. Yeah. And Auburn has really kind of struggled to run the ball consistently. They uh, they got the run game going a little bit in the second quarter of the LSU game, but other than that, it's been pretty much you know he's been on his own in these big games and. You know, going up against some tough defenses, it's just been kind of tough sledding for him. So maybe uh, once they get that running game going, figure, you know, going figured out a little bit, he'll uh, start to play a little bit better. From going from one blowout to the next, uh, Kent State at Ole Miss noon game. Ole Miss lost big to Alabama, so they're probably looking similarly to Auburn to um, get a lot of revenge, take it out on Kent State. The line is twenty eight and a half, so. Um, I don't think this will be close. You actually might think Ole Miss has a good defense this week because they actually might try on defense. <laughs> so I think um, I think this is going to be close. I think you'll see Jordan Tamu go crazy. I think you'll see Scotty Phillips get a lot of yards like he's making, and then nasty wild nasty wild outs or wide outs is what they like to call it um, go crazy. So I think Ole Miss might score 300 points against Kent State. Um, we'll see though. Um, don't really want to talk too much about this game because I think it's just such an easy game. So we'll, we'll skip over that one and go to the Louisiana Tech LSU game. Um, the Battle of Louisiana, I guess, as you want to call it. The line is LSU 21. Louisiana Tech, um, you know, LSU should win by a lot, but Louisiana Tech is 2-0, and they're not a bad team. Kind of like North Texas last week um, was 2-0 playing Arkansas. So I don't think um, this one's something that you can just overlook and say LSU's going to win by 100 points. Um, what, do you, what do you think, A.B.? Yeah, the biggest thing I'm looking for in this game is I want to see some improvement from Joe Burrow. Granted, Joe Burrow has made the big plays when he's needed to in the Miami and Auburn games, but the biggest thing with him is his completion percentage. Uh, You're not going to go really far in this conference when you're not completing more than 50% of your passes without having a little bit of luck on your side. And I want to see some improvement from the passing game and a little more efficiency because once they get, you know, deeper into the schedule when they're having to play the the, uh, Mississippi States, the – Georgia's, the Alabama's, they're going to need a little more efficient offense because if you don't, I don't see how there's going to be a way for them to even have a chance of winning two of those three because I think you're going to need to win at least two of those three to have a chance at uh, going to the to Atlanta to play in the SEC championship. Holt, a uh, couple, I think it was last year actually, LSU beat Auburn, but before they beat Auburn, they lost to Troy. This has one. Of, this has a feeling like that Troy game last year. I know LSU's a lot better team than Louisiana Tech, and they they should win by a lot. But this is a game that like kind of makes me think that LSU might keep this closer than it should be. Um, so, what, what do you think about that hold? Yeah, I think that line um, may seem a little bit small to some people, but I think it's justified. Um, Louisiana Tech is a you know solid program. They're going to be really excited to play this game. LSU's coming off of you know really emotional win. They're not going to be you know, overly excited to play this game, I don't think. And um, I think Louisiana Tech may be able to hang around a little bit. Um, you know, but yeah, just like JB said, I mean, you just want to see Joe Burrow show some improvement in the passing game. He played really well on third down uh, last week, which was crucial to them getting the win. But I just want to see a little bit more consistency out of him uh, going forward. With that, that finishes all of our SEC games. Let's do some rapid-fire picks real quick. All you can do is tell me the winner of the game for some of these. Some of these I'll let you talk a little bit more if you really are itching to um, when we get to the SEC games. We'll start with the non-conference games. Um, Wisconsin, Iowa, JB. Iowa. Holt. Iowa. Ooh, it's at Iowa. Um, yeah, I think I'll take Iowa, too, even though that's, that's tough for Wisconsin, two losses in a row. It's that Iowa defense. That Iowa defense is the difference maker. That defense is for real. It's going to shut down that Wisconsin running game. It's going to be low scoring, but Iowa will get enough points. Also, I don't like Wisconsin's quarterback. He's been there forever, but I don't like no. him. He like I'm pretty sure he's right-handed. Like <laughs> that's funny. Like I, I think he seriously might be right-handed. He should he should try that. Stanford at Oregon, JB. Yeah, we got to go with Stanford Cardinals here. Hold. I think it's Cardinal singular. But, yes, I'm also taking Stanford. And I'm a big fan of Justin Herbert. We didn't mention him earlier. He's probably the the next best quarterback in the country besides Drew Locke. Um, Probably going to be a first-round draft pick also. It's probably going to be them, too, at the top of the NFL draft. But, uh, 
Even though they have him, and even though they're at home, I still like Stanford in this game. TCU, Texas, hope. Uh, TCU, I think they keep it rolling. I like Gary Patterson. They've owned Texas the last few years, and uh, I really liked what I saw out of them. Um, the first, at least the first three quarters of that Ohio State game last week. JB, TCU, more disciplined team. All right, all right, all right. Let's get in the SEC games. Let's start off with the favorite, Georgia at Missouri. JB. Got to go with the Bulldogs, Georgia. All right, Holt. <laughs> yeah, why are you even asking? I'm telling you guys, I told you earlier, I'm driving the Drew Lock hype train, and after this week, everyone's going to be trying to jump on, but I'm still driving it. Missouri's going to pull the upset and shock the world, and Drew Lock is going to be getting the love he deserves uh, starting this Saturday. Hold on, I'm curious. If you're, if you're driving the train, what, what's your soundtrack in the train? What are you listening to? What's my to? soundtrack? What are you listening to? What's your song? Uh, I'm Drake. playing. I'm playing Peanut Butter and Jelly by Kyle Like Don. As a as a classic, classic Mississippi boy, Mississippi boy from the Sip, as you like to call him, <laughs> Kyle Like Don. All right, um, I, I I get on with that. Texas A and M at Alabama. JB. Alabama. Holt. Um, man, it's a tough one. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say Alabama. South Carolina at Vanderbilt. JB. Vanderbilt with the upset. Ooh, Holt. As much as I would like to pick Vanderbilt and Derek Mason and Kyle Shermer, who's been doing really well, um, I'm just not quite sold on Vanderbilt's running game yet. They haven't been able to get it going. Um, I'm going to have to go with South Carolina to uh, to get the win against Vanderbilt. I just think they got a little bit more talent uh, at the skill position on offense. I will disagree with you and agree with Holt or JB. I'm going with Vanderbilt as well. I like Vanderbilt and Derek. I'm going to see Derek Mason do some Kevin Jackson on the sideline go crazy. Um, we don't have to pick, but um, we will just because Troy did beat LSU last year. Louisiana Tech at LSU. Holt. Yeah, I got to go LSU. Um, Louisiana Tech may keep it close, but, you know, just like I was saying, LSU, I mean, they just, the, the talent differential on this field is going to be staggering and, that's going to be enough for LSU to get the win. JB? Going to go with LSU here. Mississippi State at Kentucky. JB? Going to go with Mississippi State in a close one. In a close one. Hold. Yeah, I agree. Really close game. Uh, I think Mississippi State fans are going to have to sweat this one out. I think Kentucky's going to make it really hard on them, but I think Nick Fitzgerald finds a way in the fourth quarter to get the win. Florida at Tennessee. JB? Man, this is really, really hard. But I think Tennessee will be the less shitty team at the end of the night. Hold. Yep. I think the, the less shittier team uh, is going to be Tennessee also. I think they're at home. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt has – I mean, granted, he's been at Alabama, but he's had a lot of success against Dan Mullen. 3-4 has given Dan Mullen offenses a lot of problems in the past. Uh, Felipe Franks, I just think – I just think it's just not going well with him. And uh, I think Tennessee's going to have maybe like a trick up their sleeve or, or something special teams. They're going to find a, a unique way to get a touchdown in this game. And uh, it's going to be really low scoring, but I like Tennessee to get the win in a really close, low scoring game. The line is four and a half in Florida's favor. So I will go with Florida here. That wraps up our rapid fire picks and our show for the week. Thanks for listening. And make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and all the other shit ton of podcast apps and everything else in the world at SEC Slow Smoke. And make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoke. Thanks for listening. See you after the games on Saturday.